Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Gather Podcast. I'm Autumn Casiglia, and this is our chance to gather together when sometimes we can't meet in person, when you're at home homeschooling your kids, and we're waiting for things to clear up and get back to us being together. So we're hoping that you'll enjoy this, and if you do, we hope you will share it with your friends because this is a particularly important one. We're going to talk about miscarriage today. And so if that's a topic that's triggering to you, please maybe pause it or come back at another time that you're ready to listen. Um, I'm so happy that my friend Melissa's here and she wants to share her story to encourage other women to um, share theirs and to be there for one another. So I am so thankful that you're here to share your story today, and I just want to say it's brave, it's courageous, it's generous, and, um, and I'm, I'm so thankful. So I just want to open the door for you to kind of share how you were listening to the podcast, too, and, and what um, came from that, and just what God has done through this. Um, so my story, um, I feel like I have to back up just a little bit to fully understand everything and I'll I want to highlight where I saw God's hand in it because now there's there's so many feels and there's so much to it that we can capture it right now um so hopefully I have found focus (laughs) so going going back like way back Rob and I before we got married we decided on two kids because I'm a twin and twins are every generation in my family. We actually, dis- we actually agreed upon two pregnancies, however many kids that gave us two pregnancies. When we were newly married, newly parents, he did not like me to share that we had decided on two pregnancies because he said if we ever got pregnant a third time, he wouldn't want people to know that that sure. was unplanned. He right. didn't want anyone to think that an additional pregnancy was unwanted. He didn't want anything to be attached to that and was very um, private mm-hmm. about it. So we have our two kids. We have our two healthy kids. And then, and then I kind of went back on things. Like we agreed two pregnancies. Now we got two kids. And, and my youngest one is like two or three. I was like, oh, but look out how beautiful and our kids are. Photo- and we're, you take I, pictures, you're I a photographer. I take pictures of newborns yeah. and families, and I see these larger families, and I think, oh, you know, and yeah. then I think about baby snuggles. Oh, like that's so great. So um, I asked Rob to consider growing our family. Mm-hmm. This is back in... 2016, 2017. So we prayed about it. This is what I really wanted to bring up with that. Uh, We prayed about it. I knew that God would do one of two things when we prayed about it. He would change Rob's heart and say, go for three. (laughs) Or he would give me peace with having two kids and feeling complete with that. So we prayed for it. I got peace. We stayed a family of four. Then I, I got that tug on my heart again, and I was like, we need to pray about it again. And Rob was always like, okay, we'll pray about it. And I really believe that, that he put his heart into it. He wasn't just like praying to be, like he was 
okay, maybe my heart will change. I don't think so, but maybe, you know. And mm -hmm. um, so we prayed about it again, and then I was at peace. And then, and then finally, like, my son is going off to kindergarten. Travel is going to start to be easier. Not so much, thanks, COVID. Okay. I'm like, I'm at peace. Family of four, that's it. And then... In, uh, in September of 2020, so very stressful year for everyone, I started saying things like, man, I am, I'm so stressed, Rob, that I am nauseous. I am so stressed that carbonation is giving me heartburn and I'm really tired. You're starting to hear pregnancy <laughs> symptoms. <Yeah>. And <laughs> no, I, I thought it was the stress of COVID and mm -hmm. Rob is looking at me like, um, I've heard things like this before. And so I took a test and it, it turned positive instantly. And I actually, I had the why questions back then, like, why now? I'm finally at peace. And, um, and there's COVID out there. I don't want to do this. And my baby's in kindergarten and, and, um, and I don't want to be nauseous. <laughs> there's enough to deal with in 2020. But anyone who knows me, knows how much I love babies, so it took a day to get on board. <laughs> um, then I was very, I started to get excited, you know, but yeah. if, uh, if 2020 taught us anything, it was to not make long-term plans, so, um, and that's one of the ways I saw God in, in this. <laughs> With my first two pregnancies, I, I didn't tell people in the first trimester because you weren't supposed to tell people in the first trimester. You're yeah. supposed to Wait. pretend to not be sick and... Right, which and doesn't make sense. Why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why? Mm -hmm. Because you're not supposed to let people know if you have a miscarriage. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what I used to feel like. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, well, you don't tell people before 12 weeks because then... If you lose the baby, you'll have to tell them that. But why? But why is that a bad right. thing that you have to tell them that? That's part of your story. Um, so for whatever reason, I uh, um, I was feeling like I wanted to tell people. So I told my parents, and I told my siblings, and um, I told the people who caught me when I was feeling sick because I didn't have the energy to hide it. Yeah. Um, and that was, was God's grace, was he was building this support system. Absolutely. That I was gonna need in mm -hmm. a few weeks or so. Mm -hmm. um, and because of this, so my, my twin sister, um, she, she has a good friend who, works with AAA Pregnancy Center in Livonia, and they are always looking for models, they were calling it, models um, in their first trimester for new ultrasound technicians to um, practice giving ultrasounds. So since I had told my sister early, she um, recommended that, and I was like, oh, I would love an early picture. Um, and that's all I was thinking. So I signed up to be a model. So this, if this is a trigger, this will be, this might be the toughest part. So, so I go in for the ultrasound and I've had early ultrasounds before. So like first, it's just like a gray fuzzy picture and then 
they start like, oh, well, we just got to shift you a little bit. And like people are asking questions and then they got quiet. <laughs> and I, I saw it like I saw I saw where the baby should be and I knew, but I didn't know. Um, Rob had no idea. He's just looking at the screen like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like dads do. And one of the hard things was they were trainees. They couldn't tell me. Yeah, so you had to wait and go to your doctor. Yeah, yeah. so they, they kept looking and they, um, they asked if my dates were right. And I, I lied and was like, no, I don't, because I, like, I knew. And, and that's one thing. When the text walked out, I bawled. Mm -hmm. and, and Rob gave me a hug. And I was like, I feel, I feel so stupid. I was lying. Like, like, why did I say that? I sounded so dumb. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I knew the dates, and I, I just didn't want to believe. Because if my dates, if I was a lot earlier than what I was saying, maybe it was okay that the baby wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. So through this process, there's been a lot of things like that, where it's like, I feel so dumb. And it's like, what I would say to someone else going through it is, just just feel that way like it hurts it yeah. hurts and you're not dumb because you wanted it to be different yeah and in the moment it's so powerful that goes to our desire for control too like if I had done right. this or this or this differently or if I right. or if I respond this way somehow it's better or worse yeah. in your grief I don't yeah yeah we over evaluate ourselves yeah and we're harsh and overthink it <laughs> yeah. and yeah yeah, so a lot of times what I do to reframe, reframe things is like, what would you say to a friend? Mm -hmm. Like, because I'm saying like, I was so dumb. I was, I was, I knew my dates. Why did I lie? Mm -hmm. Like, that was a really dumb thing to do. If a friend told me that, I'd be like, you said it because you were hurting and that's well, okay. And the first stage of grief is shock. So yeah. maybe in your head, maybe I do have the wrong dates. Let me just yeah. get to somebody that can tell me something yeah. like my doctor that I yeah. have a relationship with. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So um, my sister's friend was there. Her name is Megan. And she um, couldn't officially tell me, but I, I looked her straight in the eyes and I was like, this isn't viable, is it? And she's like, well, we're going to have to have you see a doctor. And she's like, we'll get you an appointment tomorrow. And I was kind of like, I don't want to. I've got, I've got kids to take care of. And I, mm -hmm. so it was the car ride home that Rob really talked me into it. He's like, I need to know what's happening before the weekend. Right. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So I called, and they're like, what do you need? And I was like, I don't even know. I don't know. And they're like, oh, did Megan? Okay, yes. We, okay, we got you in. And I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> so that day, I had another ultrasound so that they could confirm. The ultrasound that took an hour Thursday night took 30 seconds on Friday. Yeah. Um, I have a picture of it. I didn't show it. If you want to zoom in on that. Um, so there's a picture of the ultrasound, and I put loved and lost in October 2020 because that's when the miscarriage happened. Um, but, uh, so I had the ultrasound Friday and it was a midwife who, who did that for us. And um, she, she sat down with us. Now I'm gonna look at it so I can focus. <laughs> um, so it looks like we lost the baby at, at six weeks, likely to a genetic anomaly. Mm -hmm. 
but my gestational sac was right on, like my body was holding on to it. Mm -hmm. And so now we had options. We had the option of a DNC, which is a medical procedure where they clear everything out. Mm -hmm. um, you can take medication to start the miscarriage mm -hmm. or you wait. And then she said, a DNC will get your body back to normal so you can try again. Mm -hmm. And I laughed at her, yeah. which I then felt very embarrassed about. I'm like, and I apologized for it. I was like, I'm sorry. That's probably a very inappropriate response to that. Just, but it's um, a response again out of grief. You're just right. like reacting because you have so much going yes. on. Yeah. So, um, and an important part to my story is this pregnancy was not planned, but I wanted everybody to know, I mean, our, our, this pregnancy was deeply loved. Mm -hmm. It wasn't planned, but it was loved. Surprises are good. Surprises are good. Um, Surprises are good. I also would get defensive about saying that we're not gonna try again because I don't want them to think that I wouldn't have loved this baby if I would have gotten to hold this baby Earthside, I would have loved it fiercely. Mm -hmm. um, even so, that doesn't mean we have to try to replace it right away mm -hmm. or at all if that's not what God's plan is for us. So I plan to take the medication on Sunday. So after lunch on Saturday, we told our kids. And I prayed about that Friday night. I went to sleep praying about it. Um, just not that I was like laying in bed and, and did it as a, a second thought, but just like I prayed until I fell asleep, just kept praying on like, God, give me the words to tell a then eight-year-old and five-year-old, or he, he had just turned six, like this happened around his birthday. And because I was confused myself, you know, I already was overthinking, um, was I pregnant if the baby didn't have a heartbeat? And yes, um, but I'm, I'm overthinking of that. And, and how do you explain this to little kids? So I, we sat the kids down and we said, mom's body was giving her some signs that there might be a baby growing, but there isn't. I said it real fast like that because I knew my daughter would get excited about another baby in the family, and she did in just that like couple seconds. She got a little taller, and then the wind came out mm -hmm. <laughs> as I told her it wasn't gonna happen. And then I said, and so now mom's body has to break down the home that it prepared for a baby since um, we're not going to have a baby. And, and then by this time, my son was like playing with Legos in his lap and I thought I had lost them. And, and my son raises his hand because he's in kindergarten now. <laughs> so he knows how to raise his hand. And I thought it was gonna be, can I have candy or can I go watch TV? Mm -hmm. um, but it was, how much is it gonna hurt? Mm, oh, he loves you. That yeah. love and empathy. Yes. Because I said, mom might hurt, mom might be tired. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what he asked. How much is it going to hurt? I'm thinking, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, I was a little nervous about that. Mm -hmm. um, and my daughter stepped in and said, 
well, mom's really strong and it probably hurt more when she had us because we're bigger. Sweetheart. Very logical. <laughs> Very logical. Very logical. Just, I was so proud of the way that they mm -hmm. processed it and I felt like Madeline was like, sticking up for me and telling me how strong I was. And, and you needed to hear that then too. Yes. Look at the grace of God being given to you through your yes. children. Yes. It's so great. So it, it was really so mm -hmm. good. Another thing uh, that we did that day or maybe the next day, church has been working on listening prayer. RJ has a whole series, right, mm -hmm. that they can, that you can go to on this YouTube channel and go through the whole listening prayer. Um, so the, and the kids, it's great when you have a church that feeds your kids and gets your kids excited because then they get you excited. So That's it was right. like, let's all do listening prayer. And they all did. Um, so I was not in the mood to do listening prayer when I knew a miscarriage was coming. Yeah. But it hasn't started yet. And now we're doing listening prayer. And I'm kind of like, okay, I'll be quiet, but I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like God said, you're my daughter. Which is, which is so powerful because I'm a mom and I take care of people and I was going to be a mom again. But he was saying, you are a daughter. And I felt like that, that single word that I heard yeah. carried so much more. Like it was like, I know you take care of everyone normally, but I've got you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take care of you now. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, okay, like we're going to do this. And uh, so we go through the day Sunday, which is a busy day. I had four photo sessions that day. And then I took the medicine and I prepared for it to happen. They have you take it at night because they say it takes 12 hours. Took two. <laughs> took two hours. So I was like, well, I'm not going to sleep tonight. Okay. My husband wanted to stay up with me. And he wouldn't go to sleep until I promised that I would get him if I needed him. I was like, what good is it going to be for both of us to be sleep deprived? We have two young kids. You have to go to work tomorrow. Um, I promise I'll get you if I need you. And I came to the den and I grabbed the laptop and I put on this podcast and I put it on YouTube, but I wasn't watching it. <laughs> I had it in the background while I was editing photos. Okay. And... Autumn was talking on the book Adore, which I just started reading and it's great. Um, but I was listening to what she had to say about the God who sees. She's talking about Hagar, who was thrown out in the desert. Mm -hmm. Comes from Genesis. Oh, golly, right now? You want me yeah. to check that? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you don't have to. Um, it's in Genesis. Hagar yes. is... is um, is thrown out. Feels alone. Feels, feels alone. desperate. Um, yes. And then... Yeah, not chosen. <laughs> not chosen, yeah. She, her husband threw her out because his other wife yes. wanted him Complicated. to. It's very... It's a, it's a story. Um, but she goes out in the desert and she feels seen by God. She, she feels God's presence and she calls God El Roy, which means the God who sees. And it was probably like right after you said that, that I was like, okay, stop editing photos. And I like restarted everything. I was like, let me pay attention to this because I had wanted to give my miscarriage a name. Mm -hmm. Your baby. Yeah. My baby a name. Yeah. So Elroy, capital E-L, capital R-O-I, is the God who sees. 
and so I named I named my baby Elroy, mm -hmm. E L R O Y, um, because that's how I felt in in this moment. Like I'm like God gave me this word, you are my daughter, mm -hmm. and then He had me listen to this podcast while I was going through the painful physical process, which we won't get into. And he gave me this podcast. I, I felt like he gave me this name. And yeah. I felt I felt so mm -hmm. strongly about that. Yeah. I really did. And now that some time has passed, what is it? It's March now, and that was October. Um, there's been times where I have felt silly for picking the name because other people don't pick the name. And this is when we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to other people. Mm -hmm. um, or at the time, I felt like I really needed the name. It gave me comfort, and I felt like I really needed it. And now I'm like, well, I don't need it. But then, um, then we were going through Elijah, Priscilla Schreier's study. Mm -hmm. And so Elijah has his big moment at Mount Carmel. Carmel yeah where he brings down fire and, um, and we know that God is with him. He's doing some powerful stuff. Right. And then, but then there's a time where he Doesn't goes know. to sleep under the fig tree, the fig tree and curses asks to die. Life. He curses his life. And, um, mm -hmm. and it's like, how, how could you do that after raining down fire? Like, how could you do that? Yeah. But then I was like, I did exactly the same thing. Yeah, I had this. Mm -hmm. I had this sad, yeah. but powerful experience with having a miscarriage and feeling like God gave me this name and He supported me. And then um, someone very close to me ended up in the hospital um, with their first pregnancy. And I said, you can take my baby away, but you can't take theirs. Mm -hmm. I was like telling God what to do and had no faith at all. No. I, that's, like, yeah. I had all the faith that's in my thing. miscarriage. Yeah. And then someone else's yeah. blip. We just want to bargain and like, control. Yeah. You know, oh. and now that baby is here and healthy and is very good. But I was like, oh, we can't judge the people in the Old Testament because... Oh, yeah. We're up exactly and down and back thing. and forth. And, yeah, and that's the enemy that attacks us. God gives yes. us something, gives us that faith, gives us that assurance, and then he comes in and tries to take it away. Mm -hmm. And I think we share our birth stories, and I feel like we should share our loss, too. Yeah. And, I mean, mm -hmm. that bonds us together. It's a sisterhood. It's a friendship. Yeah. And it's so, so important that mm -hmm. we share our pain. I was just hearing from a speaker that we're going to share tonight at a class and we have our tear duct right here. So, mm -hmm. because our pain is supposed to be seen, our pain is supposed to be shared with one another. It's not supposed to be hidden. Mm -hmm. And that's, then we get the love for, and support from one another. Thank you so much for listening. And again, if you liked this interview, um, I certainly appreciate that it's a hard thing to share, but if you know a friend that could be blessed by Melissa's story, she, um, she wants that. I want that. I want you to share it with your friends so that they can be encouraged and listen um, to it so you can encourage other friends that have um, experienced the loss of miscarriage. Thank you, Melissa, for being here. Yeah. Have a good Thanks. day.